Now this is a skateboard. Welcome back, friends. This is the Bones Brigade Audio Show. I'm Larry, and with me, as always, is Matt. Matt, how's it going? Good, Larry. How about you? Doing all right. Doing all right. Very excited to be doing this episode. We have our first guest ever coming up in a little bit. But before we dug into today's video, I wanted to give a shout out and a uh, get well soon to Tony Hawk who uh, broke his leg, his femur, a couple weeks ago. And this is actually the first episode we've recorded since that news kind of came out. Um, So we wanted to give a quick shout out to him. But I already see he's already kind of walking around and riding on his board. So I don't even know how this is possible. If you have a compound (laughs) fracture in your leg where your femur bone pops out of your skin, like I don't know how he's even doing it. And he's also, he's rolling around. Yeah. I mean, he's not, you know, yeah, it's crazy. Good for him. Yeah. And uh, he also put out a, uh, a trailer for a new documentary kind of about his life. That's uh, entitled until the wheels fall off. That's kind of been on our radar a little bit. And it's actually a video we'll be covering uh, in the future. So it's on our list of things to cover here. You know, I'm sure it's bones brigade heavy. So I figured it does fit under our topic of this podcast so is that coming out on is that hbo that's coming out on yeah i think it's coming out on the fifth maybe okay or sixth i was thinking the 11th i should have yeah it's coming out i don't know it's coming out soon yeah Yeah. so get well tony hawk uh we know you'll be ripping soon but another shout out we should talk about is a shout out that we were given and matt i think you're perfect to uh, explain what this is all about, where it came from, who this Clownvis character is. Yeah, Clownvis. Um, he's a, he's a good friend of mine. He's he a, was a um, contestant once on uh, America's Got Talent, and uh, <laughs> he just basically insulted Howie Mandel and Sharon Osbourne until he got basically thrown off the stage. <laughs> it's fantastic if you if you go find it. Um, it's worth a watch, but yeah, he's a local dude and, uh, he is a, uh, Elvis impersonator that dresses like a clown and, um, or like a clown Elvis hybrid. And, um, he's a good friend of mine. He's a good friend of my girlfriend's and, uh, he gave the podcast a shout out on his, his podcast or his, yeah, I guess YouTube show, I think maybe YouTube show. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll play a little bit of that. Yeah, and we'll drop, we'll drop in the clip. Yeah. First shout out's always a doozy, and this week is no different. I'm actually excited about this one. Check this out. This is a shout out to Matt Picker and his new podcast, The Bones Brigade Audio Show with Larry Ransom. They're on Spotify and Apple, and they have a website. Now, this was sent in by Jenny Rokas, who is a friend of mine. And I know Matt Picker. He's a good guy. He's a a, a skater from back in the day. Still a grown-ass man. Still good on the old um, skateboard. The old wheeled surfboard. The old sidewalk slider. 
Uh, Matt's a great guy, and I couldn't be more excited about the Bones Brigade audio show. You know that I'm a, I'm an old uh, skater uh, fan. I've talked a lot uh, on the show here. We played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Um, I've talked about skateboarding, and uh, I, I love it to bits. So Matt and Larry, I can't wait to hear. They're going to have Tom Green on their podcast uh, soon. And a bunch of other guests lined up, so check out the Bones Brigade audio show on Spotify and uh, Apple Music, and give it a Google, you'll be able to find it. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Larry. Bones Brigade. So thank you to Clonvis for the for the love. He's a little wrong, though, in one thing. Uh, he, he, he claimed that I was a, a good skateboarder, and that is actually false. No, you're good. You're good. I've seen you. <laughs> But uh, yeah, anyway, it was awesome. And uh, I won't give away uh, Clownvis's real name on the show here for fear of retribution. But thank you, Clownvis. Yes, much thank- appreciated. Yes, thank you. And shout out to Clownvis right back at you, buddy. Yeah, shout out to Clownvis. Go check it out. He is hilarious. He's actually a legitimately hilarious performer. And uh, he does like, uh, he does a lot of the gathering of the juggalos kind of things and weird <laughs> stuff like that. So, um, yeah, you can, you can check them out online and see what it's all about. All right. Well, I don't want to waste a lot of time. We've got a special guest here today, and uh, he's the first guest ever on the show. And uh, I've got a quick little introduction. Hopefully, I'll get my facts right here. He was sponsored by Powell Peralta in the 80s and featured prominently in the Powell videos Propaganda and Celebrity Tropical Fish. He was the editor of Skateboarder Magazine when it relaunched in the 90s. He co-authored the biographies for Tony Hawk, Rodney Mullen, and even Joe Namath. That's pretty wild. And he's just an all-around skate nerd and skate historian, so I think he'll fit in perfectly on this show. Please welcome Sean Mortimer. Sean, how are you, sir? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me. No problem. Did I get all my facts right there? Yeah. Okay, good. Canadian. Yeah, from Vancouver, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I grew up there and then I moved moved to California when I was like 17. So yeah. Yeah, we want to maybe in the future, we'll talk about your um, involvement in the videos. But today we're talking about the 1984 classic, The Bones Brigade video show, which... Uh, the first action sport video, really. Yeah, I mean, that's, not, that's not hyperbolic. I mean, that truly was the first video. Like when you talk to Stacy, they, they talk about how there were traveling surf videos that were shown in theaters and they would sort of go around the like tent post around the country. But this was the first video that was actually made for people to be seen in their house. So and the first action sports one. Yeah, first skate video and then action sports video in general. I have a quote from Stacy I'd like to read about this very topic. Over the years, people have credited me with being the inventor of the action sport video with the induct- introduction of the Bones Brigade video in 1984. Over the years, I've wrestled with the concept of having invented that medium, and it's not something I'm comfortable with. I don't feel I invented it as someone else could have been there and done the same thing. In fact, Don Hoffman, producing for Vision Skateboards, did the same thing shortly thereafter. The action sports video would have happened regardless, as the time was ripe for it. So I don't look at myself as the inventor. 
I looked at been having given been given the gift of first arrival or first on the scene, all of which I had nothing to do with. That opportunity presented itself and somehow I was given the gift of carrying it out. That's what it feels like to me. And it feels far more like have been given a precious gift than something I can claim ownership of. Those videos only came to life when someone was watching them and I don't believe the work that I did on them was more important than the watching of them. They are one and the same. They both require the other. The beauty of the Bones Brigade videos is that they brought all of us together and allowed us to share the culture we all love. I was given a gift and I was informed that I must give it away. It was never about me. It was always about us and about skateboarding and it will always be about us. So that was something he actually put on his Instagram back in uh, November of 2018. That was the longest quote I've ever heard anybody read. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should have edited that. I just took a, I just read a screen grab. I took a minute. Well, also, um, I mean, if you want a little, I mean, that's Stacy. Stacy's super humble. And, and, and definitely Stesic was one of the guys who was always into, you know, different art mediums. His dad was a photographer for World War II. And he was always, from what Stacy and Stesic told me was, the one sort of he sort of saw what was on the horizon, which was they're good. They're going to make commercialized uh, video players. They're bringing them down in price, and this is what people are going to have. And he sort of saw that way before anyone else. And he was the one who pushed for that. And then actually, Stacy wasn't even supposed to direct this. You guys probably know if you read up. Yeah, hear I've about got that some story? some information to talk about. I guess we can break into that now. So Stacy was approached by D. David Morin. And uh, Dan Donnelly with the idea of producing a skateboard film for Paul Peralta for $5,000. Stacy was into the idea, took the idea to George Powell. George said, yeah, approved the budget. And uh, they were off to the races. And then the on the first day of shooting, D. David wasn't there. And Stacy... Uh, uh, yeah, I think he got an Irish Spring commercial because he was also an actor yeah yeah <laughs> and, and, and i think that i think it was irish spring or something you know and, and i think you can actually find it actually <laughs> oh um, wow but that's amazing but it came up so quickly that he was like i can't do that so that's why he popped out what you didn't like bail on them on purpose from what i understand yeah and then i guess the first thing they filmed was the the ramp scene at lance's house and uh i guess stacy and dan were butting heads so he fired dan and then stacy kind of took over the directing and filming role yeah so was dan so then was dan responsible for the for the like all the great reaction shots in that scene the three girls and the those guys boarding that's something stacy actually <laughs> always told me about was reaction shots specifically and aaron Mesa, who shot a lot of the stuff for girl later i remember talking to him pretty recently and he talked all about the reaction shot. He's like, I learned so much watching those pal videos. Because if you watch a lot of videos now, they don't. They kind of have like the, let's do a trick and have a hug. and let's. But they really don't show a lot of reaction shots, especially from people outside sort of that skateboard orbit. Um, so Stacy clued in on that. He talked a lot about it at the, you, you know, from the onset of, of trying to show people what the reaction was to skating. Because you also got to think, skating is pretty dead at this point. He's shooting it in 83. It's like the it's like a pogo stick yeah this is kind of you know i would say maybe this is the beginning of the rise back from the dark ages 
from the early eighties dead. Yeah. I mean, they, they didn't expect it to, I think, I think he told me it sold initially like 30,000 units. And I know they had that, that blew them away. They were kind of like, let's make this. And is it going to be in skate shops just to show Remember when you used to go to like shops and they would, they could afford a VCR and a, you know, maybe a, a screen in the corner and they would sort of play something to sort of hopefully make you get all pumped and buy the product. And I think they thought, Oh, this is, it'll sort of, a couple people buy it for their houses, but then also it, it'll go mostly there. And then when he sold that many, they were just like, this is spreading skating all over the world. Like a, an Australian distributor actually hit him up and said, do you realize sort of what's happening is, is people are copying these and it's almost, it's becoming viral in that sense. It's, it's, it's making people want to skateboard because back then you weren't exposed to skateboarding in your everyday life. Yeah, that's yeah. how I first got it, like a rental and then renting the extra VCR from the grocery store video department and then, yeah. you know, making a copy of it kind of thing. Yeah, mine uh, mine was at a local Blockbuster. We had four, it had four skate videos. I remember it was it was this one, uh, Future Primitive, uh, this, this video called Board Crazy, and this other one called, uh, it was the uh, Expo, that Expo video, Expo, oh, Expo 86, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Radical Moves. It's yes. called radical moves, and and so those, those were always in rotation. I was I would rent one after the other because that's just how it was. So that's that was my introduction to this video. It was definitely like it was one of four videos you could get at Blockbuster. Those are that's a, that's a quite the variety pack there of uh, quality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Sean, how did this first this video first come uh, to you? Was it the first uh, video just, you saw? It had to be pretty early, right? The first video I ever saw was, uh, I don't know if you guys had it. We would have like a weekly, you get in the newspaper and it would sort of show you like, like it wasn't the TV guy, but it basically showed you what was going to be on the, uh, on, on TV that week. And I'd always go back to them. They had a little movie section in the back and then they had skateboard badness. And I, that's so I recorded that and, cabs part at the beginning with winchester i don't know if you guys have seen that movie you're just yep. like what <laughs> like <laughs> so that that was my first skate video what well, wasn't even a video because that was a film but this i i bought used with my first skateboard in oregon like on a family trip at a bike shop so because you had to go find this stuff you had to go seek at that point in 84 85 you had to go seek out skateboarding it wasn't if there was a store, it was probably going to be maybe part of a bike shop or a head shop. And it'd be kind of a little corner where they would sell stuff. There weren't, there weren't a lot of skate shops at that point. Um, and they weren't sort of in the mall at that point, or there was sort of a threshold, a cultural threshold you had to get. They were pretty intimidating because you'd go into like a shop and dudes looked pretty gnarly for back then. And they were inviting, but you had to kind of go through all these different thresholds, at least in my experience and people I've talked to to sort of get that skateboard. It wasn't something you could just order online or, or anonymously. So I got that and then they were like, oh, we've got this used copy and I bought that and then I wore it out, so. Very cool. Yeah, this is actually the second video I ever saw. I saw Future Primitive first and then went backwards. Animal Chin hadn't come out yet. So this one and Future Primitive were like the, the holy, holy scriptures to me. It's like if Indiana Jones and Sala, you know, went down into the, the well of the souls and they pulled up the Ark of the Covenant and they opened it up. And then it's just like, here's this video, you know, 
It's like that would be. I mean, I, I still think Future Printer is the best skate video ever made. So, yeah, I might have to agree with you. But also, I mean, it's interesting to think of this one because for my exposure to it, it showed you all these different aspects of skating. It didn't just show like a trick or how to roll off a curb or whatever. It showed you like, here's a guy hopping a fence to go skate a backyard pool. And I was like a suburban kid. So this wasn't at all anything I'd ever been exposed to. But you just see Lance skating down the street, like eating a banana, like skating different parts of the buildings. And you really... For me, it, it, was, it was almost like a going to school and going, somebody instructing you going, here's how you do it. Here's how you laugh. You know, I mean, I mean, you, you, you look at, if you think of Stacy, you're like, what would you include nowadays? They just include the tricks, but you look at how, if you just take the, the, the scene where Lance hops the fence, skates the pool with Radigi instead of how they interact with each other, their little talk, how they laugh when you slam, like that was all things I learned from that video was how to be a skateboarder how to, and it wasn't you know if, if most people fell like lance does where where everyone laughs i don't remember that part where he does yeah, the yeah. grind and, and rolls oh, yeah. out like most people would be like oh oh you know or you wouldn't you you would you just show like the clean make or whatever so that stacy on his own deciding to show all these different aspects of skating at almost as a capsule so that anyone could watch it and understand here's how you treat your fellow skaters here's how you kind of break the law and hop a fence um to me that was super instrumental so i've kind of broken down this video scene by scene and i thought maybe i would give a, a brief description and we could kind of comment on the video as we go along in order would that be all right yeah yeah, yeah. go for yeah. it okay let's pop in the tape So the beginning, we got a Powell Pelt Presents, and then we have a cold open. Stacy's chilling at home and uh, tunes into a television program called Weekend Today, hosted by Bob Burbanks, who's played by uh, D. David Morin, who, me growing up as a devout reader of Thrasher magazine, he was always referred to as the man yeah. who killed skateboarding. Yeah. So I was jo always jokingly, kinda, joke it, joke it. Yeah. <laughs> But it's funny because he would even get, you know, Stesic would interview him in Thrasher and the first question would be, why did you kill skateboarding? You know, it always felt like they would not like let this go. Well, also, you've got to understand in that context, Stesic wrote as John uh, Smythe, Smith, I can't remember what it is. Yeah, he's, I mean, I mean, I wrote that down. Yeah, yeah he's so, the art director as uh, John Smythe in this. So that's what he, he would write under D David in skateboarder. I mean, they're friends to go way back. So D David was the editor of skateboarder and Stessics. I mean, I still think he does. He did the best articles ever on skating for that magazine. So there was, it was definitely, there was no malice that I ever heard them when they talked about D David. I mean, I mean, the whole reason that came about was because he wrote from what I understand is before my time, he wrote a letter talking about why it was going from skateboarding died. And he, he took skateboarder magazine to action now. And you had like pictures of a horse jumping over a rock and stuff. And he wrote this letter about why it was changing. And people were like, you just killed skateboarding. <laughs> yeah. The horseback riding centerfold had to have bummed a lot of people out in action oh. out. <laughs> <laughs> he announces a story on skateboarding in the show and uh, shows up this plastic kind of like toy store board. Stacy disagrees, just happens to have a sledgehammer hanging out in his living room, smashes the TV pulls out a battle rat board and announces to the world. Now this is a skateboard. 
Where do you think they came up with that? Well, if you look at Stasic, Stasic, even if you watch, as you guys will probably, all the older PAL videos, there's a lot of stuff on with screens popping up. Mm-hmm. A, lot, a lot of television things. I mean, Stasic also had a lot to do with uh, Skateboard Madness, that first film I was, I was talking about. And, and if you look at that, there's a lot of TV screens in that. So, I mean, Stasic loves sort of the culture of Americana, especially like the 50s and how that, that changed. So that... I would guess in that, that's pure Stesic. I mean, this is a guy who cut up Cadillacs for, I mean, he's got stuff in, in uh, the Smithsonian. He's a gnarly, gnarly artist. Um, so he and Stacy were such good friends going way back to when Stacy w- w- was a pro, w- was an amateur skater. Stesic was one of his first sponsors, but he, I always got the sense Stesic was like an artistic mentor in a sense. And so they would work, even when I worked on videos with them, they were, they were always there as a team. And Stesic kind of had his little cryptic way of doing things, but you could tell they fed off each other a lot. And Stesic sort of influenced a lot of, of the conceptual identity of the videos. So smashing a video, it seems right at, and pulling a skateboard out of it seems 100% right out of Stesic's book. Yeah, they must have got a really good reaction for it because I'm sure they weren't planning on it being like a reoccurring theme in the videos yeah and i mean it's all i mean and and uh you know that rap owns or bato rat is is uh stesic's graphic graphic. too yeah yeah Yeah. another fun fact about that scene i think lance is behind the tv kind of helping push the board through you can see it the board push out on its own yeah yeah, like (laughs) an inch or two it kind of moves out And then after that, we, uh, it jumps into an opening montage, which, you know, this is the first skate video. So here we have the first ever, you know, opening montage of a video that, you know, every video for probably 10 years had, you know, they're relying, you know, like, how do we make a video? And they're like, here's, you know, Stacy's pretty much given the recipe. Yeah. The blueprint for skate videos of the future. Probably a lot of music. A lot of, I was just going to say, yeah. a lot of people's introduction to punk rock in yeah. general. Oh, here's, here's the sure. faction. Yeah. Yeah, right on the nose, too. Skate and destroy. Like, it's it's that sort of action. I mean, I, I, I don't know where you would have even seen a montage like that before, where it was just bam, 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 yeah. and skating, you know, with that music. Quick cuts. Yeah, it's very, very exciting and energizing. And it's shot really well. I mean, you look at it's different angles it's coping it's different povs it, yeah. it's it's a uh, different camera for, types you know for sure yeah. yeah yeah so after the opening montage we have uh good morning mr mountain lance pops out of his chimney and acid drops off his roof and to me the world is changed forever right there like when lance lands that acid drop it's like a nuclear bomb goes off and that was crazy to see as a kid that just watching somebody skate off a roof and like land on flat yeah. bottom was just insane. Cause I kind well, of, you think, and you think of culturally, like you, you, I, again, I mean, I mean, there's so much to unpack just in that one, one shot because you're like skating on a roof, like <laughs> falling, it, it really opened your eyes because also you, at this point, nobody knew what skating really was. It wasn't like, here's these clearly defined rules on how you do it so you would see these things and go oh you can go do that and then you would go out into your neighborhood and try to have have that same openness of what you could skate off of yeah i think i was never probably going to 
right off a roof, but there was lots of stuff Lance did in that just that particular opening part that I was like, oh yeah, you know, trying to grab an air off of a curb cut, you know, kind of a little boneless grab off of a curb cut and, you know, stuff like that where I was like, oh, I could do that. I don't know if I could ride off a roof, but like he makes this stuff look so easy. I think that's the genius of that part is that, you know, you don't quite get how good this dude is right off the bat. He just, you know, he, he, he makes it like a relatable thing where you can just look at it and be like, oh yeah, like he's just skating around, like eating a banana, like you said, and like doing these weird little, like just, you know, I don't know, like caveman grabs off of buildings and stuff. And it just looked fun, you know? Well, Stacy talks a lot about, uh, in the earlier videos, just, just in, you know, I've interviewed him over the years or just hanging out cause I'd nerd out. And he, he specifically wanted he's he's like, I have these exceptionally talented skaters. How do I make it relatable? And he was always like, you've got to make it relatable, whether it's having them fall, whether it's having them not always skate, whether it's a reaction shot. So even if, like you said, you're not going to jump off a roof, you want to be able to relate to it and take something from that instead of just sort of, I don't know, like, seeing evil can evil do some crazy thing. You're like, that's gnarly, but it doesn't really impact me in my life where he wanted that to sort of directly jack into something with you. So, yeah. Yeah. I think just, you know, it's kind of like Lance's introduction to the world. I feel like he's probably the most beloved skater of all time, you know, and it's, you can kind of trace it back to like his introduction in this video. And then like, here's where it all starts with this, with this simple acid drop off the roof. It's pretty uh, yeah, and I mean, historic. I mean, Lance, Lance was hanging out with Stacy a lot, and I'm I'm sure you guys know that story where he he'd been pro for Veriflex skating had died. He's he's trying to figure out how to make a career, and then his mom they were going to a contest. He was kind of hanging out with Stacy, and his mom asked Stacy like, "Oh, like how, how 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 do people go about doing what you're doing? You know, you're still in the industry. You're doing this. You you know, you're a little older, which back then being 25 would have been super old." Um, <laughs> You know, and, and then Stacy got Lance on to skate and sort of help out with the team in, in the same way like Stesic and those guys. And I think he, he from what I understand, that was going to be Lance's route because Lance is a great skater, but then he's also super creative and has all these ideas. Um, and then Lance took that and ran with it. And it was this video, which uh, Stacy and George, from what, again, from what they told, what they've told me is they, they weren't planning on Lance being pro but they kept, they, they got so much fan mail for exactly what you're talking about, for how beloved he is, for just showing this whole different aspect of skating. I don't know if anyone had shown skating that fun and dorky and relatable and awesome. And like you said, he's, he's doing gnarly stuff at the same time. He's rolling off of roofs. He's skating vert in a way everybody wishes they could. Um, and that fan mail and that response is what got him his board. So, he, I mean, he, it, it's the first video and it's also the first video to, to in a sense, it, it, this isn't a hundred percent accurate, but it, but, but it is a video that turns somebody pro. Yeah. The video pro in a way. Yeah. That I mean, was wait, something wait that happened. About it yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Lance continues on his way. I, I kind of want to comment on like these flood kind of flood pants he's wearing. That must've been like uh just like a fashion thing at the time, maybe, or a style. Cause I think Tommy Guerrero's kind of in future primitive has got uh, like I, was, those I, was, I was at the skate park the other day. People are wearing those. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a. Yeah. I just remember seeing that thing like, man, if I wore pants like that, I would get, you know, 
you know, a swirly at school or a, or a wedgie or something. And Tom, oh, were you already getting it? Yeah. <laughs> Every skater I knew, we were like nobody was popular. Nobody would, and that was kind of rad because you just went good. I can, oh, I yeah. can be my own own way. My seventh a... gr seventh grade, I didn't wear anything but my red uh, rat bone sweatpants, like my with the rat bones down the leg, like Frankie Hill wore and band this every day yeah and back then if you looked like a skater you looked different it wasn't like now so people would be like what are you doing with your hair or what are those shoes you're wearing or yeah so as lance is continuing on his way he jumps off that spray painted car and i guess the guy i don't know what that guy's saying but that's kevin ansel the the skate graphic artist from oh, it really? i guess from the Dogtown days he says something i can't make out what he what he says i always wondered what that was that he said yeah and that's a clear, another Stesic thing, a graffitied old sort of 1950s, 1960s car. I think, is there a trophy or something on the hood? Somebody oh, like mount? the hood ornament kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, I mean, that's total Stesic. And if you look, there's that through line all the way to Chin with the Cadillac, all the way, even Future Primitive, uh, where you have Kevin Harris skating in front of that spray painted car, uh, tons of spray painted cars in, in Future Primitive. Yeah, you're right. That's, yeah, I never thought about that. <clears throat> and I think the road they're on in that car is uh, Bicknell Street, if I'm pronouncing that right. In it, there's a shot where it's looking towards the beach, and when it gets to the beach, it's at Bicknell Hill where the Z Boys would ride, oh, ride yeah, down the yeah. hill. And I think it's on Third too. You saw a sign that says I think Third. I don't know. I don't know yeah. that area that that well, but uh, and, so, and I think is that before or after? Because I think Stacy's dad's one of the drunk bums I always heard. Yeah, he yeah, is. yeah. That's coming up in a little bit. Oh, sorry. Jumped, it's okay. <laughs> it's hard to stay on track. I know. Um, but Lance ends up at a pool, uh, skates down an alley, chucks his board over, uh, could very carelessly, you know, knock somebody out. But the name of this pool is the Alien Pool, and it's off uh, Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles. So Lance joins a session with uh, Steve Stedham, Eddie Redigy. And there's a couple other guys there too. There's a guy in a button down. I don't know who he is, um, but the guy in the red shirt is uh, Dave Bador, who was sponsored by Uncle Wiggly. Uncle and I kind of later knew, knew that name. He was doing uh, music for the H Street videos. So I guess he was, you know, Uncle Wiggly, you know, I guess transformed in, into H Street at some point. So I think Mag Magnuson wrote for Uncle Wiggly, I think. Yeah, I think that's the relation. That, yeah. um, with that but uh that part's amazing i mean i i don't know i, I would assume fast times came out but yeah I mean, seeing that seeing that in vancouver and seeing radigy the way with his handkerchief on his head i was just like that dude it was so california like <laughs> it was like an alien and i'm sure if you lived in new york at the time or anywhere except southern california you would just be like like what is this world it, it, it's so, it's so uh so creative and exciting and just almost there's almost a celebrityness to it you know yeah yeah good even though good. they're all skating dirty stuff you know that's yeah. why it was so cool like you said larry it was like that whole the whole scene up until that you know it's like lance kind of skating around sort of these derelict buildings and then he throws his you know board and over the fence and it just seemed like so gnarly for like growing up in west county in the middle of missouri when i was growing up it was the same thing it was like dude this is so like raw and like badass like there's nothing like this around here 
and it just made you want to like it made you want to like look for stuff like that yeah yeah i think it taught you how to how to how to be a skateboarder like it was almost an instructions manual so yeah definitely definitely yeah and the board and again the what i'm sorry i was gonna say the board that they hand lance the skull and sword there's sometimes you just i don't know i see certain boards and they just like project like a certain energy like it just looks so awesome so perfect blue 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 grip grip tape tape. yeah yes (laughs) well also and you're a kid and you're just like wait they just you they just hand somebody a brand new board I and mean, that was like be like getting a tesla right now or something you know but really I mean, it was yeah. so it's good branding on powell's part like they showed a vado rat right off the bat and you're like that looks awesome i want that and then they show that and you're like that looks awesome i want that so they're seeding you know they're seeding those images in your mind we're like yeah well, next time you go into a skate shop what are you going to look for you know like those i that's what i wanted you know and lance lance is skating aesthetic design which what he uses for his graphics now but the the primitive face that was like a handmade uh not handmade the, the board but hand, the graphics and everything from stessic yeah i think uh lance told me there was five of them i think made but four are you know missing in action i guess and yeah he's, yeah, he's he got one, has in his, one in his house yeah it's pretty beat i don't it, it looks definitely like it was well skated um I don't know if it's the one they used in the film, but uh, it's pretty sick. Yeah, that pool, the pool section, it also had like the audio of the carving and the grinding. And maybe it's like kind of echoing between the other buildings oh, that are yeah. close by. It yeah. just sounds like it still sounds crazy. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a scene where maybe one, I can't remember who it was, maybe Lance. I think he does like a front side grind and I think he takes some of the tile off or something like that because like some stuff kind of spills into the pool after him I yeah you definitely hear the the, the the audio on on the grinds is pretty it almost yeah. sounds like they mic'd up the pool which obviously yeah. they didn't even have the technology to and you can also hear stacy laugh filming uh because yeah, there's that lance wipes that, out yeah and then you see the video catch itself like it stalls for a second which is even more awesome like it, <laughs> it's uh but even that to me i know i said it before just seeing like oh this is how you react like mm-hmm. Falling down for most people is traumatic. Falling down for like a skater when you're just starting, it's funny. Like it's as long as you don't get too destroyed. For sure. I also like that that pool has that kind of like offset transition where a lot of the tricks are going down, like the lean the tail and Eddie Radigie's like backside ollie from that. It's just oh the backside all it's the sound on the backside ollie too. Yeah. And also I was like, what what why is there a pool here? It made no sense. When you look at around it, I mean yeah. there's so much mis- mystery in, in in that, in that. And, and as a kid, I think you watch these videos and you're trying to, if, if this is the only real video you have of skating, you're trying to decode everything, you know? Mm-hmm. You feel like you got some, like, you're Batman trying to get this Riddler code. You're like, wait, what does that mean? And this mean, and that mean, and how do I bring that? Like, it's Yeah, I always so assumed esoteric. it was like a, I always assumed it was like a hotel, like an abandoned hotel or something like that. that was That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. So after the pool part, Lance continues on his journey uh i guess he must be on the way to venice beach and he comes across two bums asks them for a dime because he's got to call wellander and uh they tell him the swedes down at venice beach shove off (laughs) and then the one bum says the other you know talking about i was born in venice beach you know on windward ave right next to westminster ave and i for some reason the names of those streets stuck in my head forever and the first time i went to california went to venice i was like i need to find 
Windward Ave and Westward no Ave. I just need to see the street signs. Did you do it? Oh yeah. Awesome. Oh yeah, I saw. But the bums, uh, Stacy's is uh, Stacy's dad, and then his next door neighbor uh, named Al. <laughs> and they later did an ad with those guys because they thought it was funny, I guess. Oh yeah, the ads. Yeah. But also, I mean, it's it's pretty mind blowing to think that Stacy in that's an like like to create that shot. So Stacy's there going, I hadn't planned to make a video myself. How do I put it all together? But then he's also like, culturally, what do I put in there? I mean, I mean, when you look at the status of skating at that point, you really see like a skater would stop and ask two homeless guys drinking, sitting in a garbage pile where Willander is <laughs> like, yeah. like there, there, there's so much wrapped into that. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's pretty amazing to me instead of just going, let's just show skate. Boom, boom, and also boom, that boom. they, that they would know where he was, that they, would yeah. know who he was talking about. <laughs> and that he was Swedish. Cause I didn't know he was Swedish. And I, yeah. when I yeah. saw that, I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, and he must be near a payphone Cause Lance has got to call him. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's um, cool. Yeah, Cause I, it, I, it gives off the impression that it's like a just like a skate town like that whole part is like everybody knows what's going on it's like everybody's you know you he sits down on a curb and there's a copy of trans world or thrasher or whatever it is sitting there and he picks it up. you know what i mean like I don't it, know. It, 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 it's amazing world building like if you saw this yeah yeah exactly. and, we're, we're, and and i think like a lot of us were we're, we're in, di in totally different areas so it's almost like seeing another planet or something you would almost be like i mean i thought like oh this is kind of what california must be like like yeah definitely skating is not popular there but there it is you know there's lots of people watching when, when willander skates and bums can tell you where skate spots and skaters are so, <laughs> so let's unpack uh pairs freestyle routine a little bit i remember i mean this is all kind of groundbreaking stuff i guess maybe based off what rodney has created you know, when I'm seeing this, I don't know, like, is skateboarding 50 years old or is it new? Like, I don't know anything like really how to base like what I'm viewing or seeing, you know? Of the tricks Willander is doing? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I think Rodney definitely led the charge for, for flatland skating at, at that point for sure. But then you also had Kevin Harris who just got on Powell and he kind of had that, that 60s, 70s flow style. I think you had a lot of people not necessarily trying to be Rodney. He definitely influenced them, but you definitely had people going, okay, there's a trick I have to learn. And then here's some of my own things. I think Pear was inventing his own tricks at that time. Pear was a pretty muscular skater. Like mm -hmm. when he skates there, it's strong. Like it's, it, it it's sort of really impactful. Um, and it, to me, it, it's a totally different style than Rodney, but Rodney was more, he would be on his farm in uh in Florida and sort of come in and with all these tricks and he wouldn't even know if they were good or, or bad or, or whatever. He would just sort of be in his own world, creating stuff with, with nothing to compare them to. Like he told, he told me, for instance, he learned a 360 flip, didn't know it was good, showed it to uh, tank this guy who worked on his farm. And this is a guy who doesn't skate. I don't know. He drives <laughs> tractors and stuff. And he was, you know, he was, he was Rodney's friend because it was pretty isolated. And he was like, uh, and he didn't get much of a response. So Rodney, I don't know how long, it might even have been a year, just didn't do anything with it. He's like, I guess it's not that good of a trick. <laughs> and then brought it out to a contest and people were like, whoa, that's gnarly. So if you look at skating at that time, there's so much innovation going on, but it's going in all different directions. 
So it wasn't necessarily like now where we've seen what's filtered out. I think at that point, Pear, Kevin, Rodney, you, you know, all the freestyles were, were, were coming to these contests with a whole different type, different type of skating. And you didn't know what was, quote unquote, the best way or what was the most popular way. So to me, I see Pear there. He's moving in, in, in a very different way where, than Rodney. Like Rodney didn't move that much at that point if you look at his... It almost looked like he skated in a prison cell, probably because he skated in his garage or that area his dad eventually built. Um, and I know Rocco would, when he lost to him at the first contest, the pro one, was like, he didn't move around, he didn't move around. Like that was the big beef against it. So if you look at all of those things in context, I, I see Paris skating totally, totally different in, in, in sort of a way that, that made him, you know, generally the second or third best in the world at that time. Yeah, he's skating, you know, back and forth the lines through that, you know, that crowd. And then, you know, Rodney, you know, we'll even see in this video his couple of sections. He's like very, you know, he's skating in just like a little five by five foot area most of the time, almost. Yeah. And you get the crowd. I mean, seeing that many people watch skating was it impacted me, at least watching that as a kid. Like, whoa. <laughs> Like, yeah, this is one of the scenes where we talked about, you know, getting this look into California, just seeing like all these different types of people gathered around, you know, just shirtless guys and girls in bikinis and, and uh, the hip hop break dancer guys. And it's just like, wow, this is a scene. And you've got to you've got to think again, Stacy could have shot pair anywhere. He, I mean, if, if you're Stacy, you're like, OK, I'm going to show a freestyler. Where do I show him? Do I show him in a roller skating rink? Do I show him? in a parking garage, you know, and he yeah. made that choice to show him, like you said, around all these other people, and this energy and this sort of, it's a kind of like, you know, Venice, that walks kind of like a freak show. So. Mm -hmm. I wonder if was, was paired, did he like regular down there? Cause there's like almost an identical, you know, in thrashing, there's like almost an identical scene to that where, you know, Corey Webster rolls up and pairs there in Venice doing his same routine. In front I think of a lot of the freestars would go and, and make loot. Like that's what i was thinking straight yeah, was, up like yeah 150 like i think don brown like those guys would go and make i, I could be wrong but i remember them telling me like in, in you know 100 150 at that time on a really good day and if you look at that i mean if you go to venice beach you see a guy juggling swords you see a guy and they're doing things you know and then they pass a hat around or whatever and freestyle was just that same sort of novelty right. entertainment circus trick so, kind of thing yeah yeah yeah, I always wondered about that. I was like, I wonder if Pear just goes down there and if that's a thing that if you, can you, it was like. I think a I, lot. Yeah, I, th I think he did. I think a lot of the freestylers did, so. I just can't even imagine, like when I was a kid, I couldn't even imagine going somewhere and seeing a pro just there skating that it wasn't like a demo or something, you know, like you can yeah. just go, you can just go down the street and Pear Wellander is skating. Like that's insane. But again, <laughs> that, it would be like seeing Pear Wellander, the pro pogo stick. Right. right now you would probably right. be like that's cool dude like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> keep going like you know nobody really cared i mean skating wasn't a popular thing so so when you got any sort of attention i think people were like yes like look it's, it's got a little bit of legitimacy and i mean yeah. you've, you've got to remember too it's coming right out of a period where people were like this might be gone forever lance told me after the after the it dropped down in the in the early 80s he was like do i have to learn how to make wheels like are, are you gonna be able to buy skateboard wheels i mean there was a, a legitimate fear wow that this was and, and you, you know it, it sounds silly to think of it now but think of these you know think of rollerblading think of these other things that blew up and then never really came back after they died mm -hmm. yeah 
That's true. And Matt, you you uh, figured out this song, right? That's like cranking out of the boombox today. Did you do yeah. find out who yeah. that was? Yeah, What's- it's um the band. I think the band is called Nucleus. Um, hang on, I have it right. Yeah, Nucleus, and the song is called Jam on Revenge. <laughs> it's but, not but- my new favorite song. I love that song. It's yeah, pretty it's sick. Really Sticks good. in your head. Yeah. 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 yeah I just, um, nucleus is spelled N E W C L E U S just for anyone trying to look it up, but it's the, it is a sick jam for sure. And one of the things about this part that I net that I probably wouldn't have realized unless, you know, I was told is that Lance and pair aren't even there at the same time. It's just, pairs there one day and then they needed you know the coverage of lance being there like i would have if you like i would have guessed that there's got to be a scene you know that's filmed over lance's shoulder of him actually watching the skating but it's just two different days it's kind of kind of crazy movie magic well i'm not and i don't even know how, how like like i don't know what came first if they went let's have lance tie things together or if they were like I know, I know Stacy's told me that uh, they needed something to tie it together, but I'm not sure when that, you know, maybe they just had a bunch of stuff and then halfway through went, ooh, we better film Lance skating around. Because you think of the same thing when he watches Tony. Mm-hmm. He's not there. He's not. Yeah. That's pretty fit. And I guess he didn't, uh, you know, Lance, you know, he had to meet up with Pear, but, you know, they never interact. So I guess whatever he needed yeah. wasn't that important, you know. Maybe he got mad they're wearing the same shirt, so he I think want a little ins- inspiration. Like, yeah. Let's go watch skating. <laughs> <laughs> so after that scene, Lance takes off for some more uh, skating, and uh, one of the buildings he passes by, there's a big building that looks like a ship. Have you guys noticed that? It's painted yeah. like a big. Yeah, that's. Uh, I looked up what that was. It's a Coca-Cola building at uh 1334 south central avenue in los angeles and it was designed by robert dara and the building opened in 1936 so there's a little i'll bet everything i own that that is stessic yeah it's gotta be not not a random thing it would be like we're going here and it's true i mean you look at that building and you're like whoa what he's all he's doing is skating down the street i think he does something off the wall right a little he does like a little hand plant wall walk on the coke bottle that's like at the corner that's right. Pretty neat. And then the shot with the rocks, right? That's cut into that, where he goes across the street and he rides across all those pebbles. Like yeah, those. the gravel or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that was on purpose. Stacy told me he did that to show, like, look how like our wheels can do this now. Wow. Five years ago, you would have just killed yourself trying to. Oh yeah. So Lance ends up at, uh, I will refer to it as the Dusty Ditch. He meets up with Cab and tony hawk and also background props from todd hastings and chris iverson and it starts off with a shot of the wedding and then it pulls out as those guys walk up to the ditch which it's kind of crazy they're probably skating while this lady's saying i do i've always yeah, he wondered said he, 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 yeah it wasn't planned he said so I, yeah i've always wondered if that woman has like any idea that this little fraction of her wedding was immortalized in the skate video like, I wonder if she knows, you know, how famous she is, <laughs> but you also, again, you look at that, that, that sort of juxtaposition of people quote unquote, being responsible, moving on with their lives, you know, everything, a wedding and, and how clean and pristine and important people put it. And then you right beside that, have 
people making a choice to skate a dirty ditch. <laughs> like, like, like that's, that's, again, it, even if you don't on a conscious level get it, I do think it impacts you in this other way of, of, of Stacy showing you what skating is. Yeah, totally. I mean, I mean, I mean it, 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 skating at that point was a rejection of tradi- so many traditional things. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that ditch is still there. I wonder if that spot still exists. I think it is. I saw someone posted a photo of it on Instagram. This is probably a few years ago. And I just recently tried to find it again, but I couldn't, couldn't find oh, wow. the photo. But I think it's still there. Yeah, that part looked, again, another one of those Another one of those scenes from when I, I remember seeing it as a kid and just going, God, why can't there be a, a place like that by me? Why can't there be a dirty ditch? <laughs> yes. Probably yeah. like sewer, wa- sewer yes. water going down <laughs> it that we could skate. <laughs> that part was very relatable to me because, you know, again, it's got a mix of, you know, they're doing inverts and airs and ollies and stuff, but it's also, you know, they're slipping out and kind of stumbling yeah. and falling around and it just looks like super fun. Like yeah, they're, they're definitely not sort of preening or sort of flexing. They're, they really, it, it looks like a session, like with your friends of mm-hmm. people who are insanely good. I mean, the fact Cab pulled an invert like he did on that thing, <laughs> like there's barely any incline there. Yeah. I love that he's wearing winos, the sneakers. <laughs> it's like the jailbird <laughs> shoes. And his hat and flipped up. Like the, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Lance is riding, uh, he doesn't have the Vato skull uh, board. He's riding uh, a Vato rat deck which maybe a little continuity here there hey you know yeah if this is supposed to be a day in the life of lance somehow he got, a, <laughs> he got another board um so from there he continues on his way and this is the part that starts where he kind of like acid drops off the railing of that bridge and skates over that bridge and now that bridge i've noticed it in like every car ad in the last 10 years is filmed with downtown los angeles in the background driving over this same bridge Stasek loves, I know he loves, I don't know if that's, I don't think that's it. I know he's talked to me about the Sixth Street Bridge and he just loves sort of that era of LA. So I could clearly see him going, all right, here's where we need to shoot. Just, just for his sort of aesthetic of, 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 of what he wanted skateboarding to sort of have a backdrop to. Yeah. And the song in that part is, I knew it as a song from like an old Hal Jepsen uh, surf film. And then Matt, you looked it up today, right? You found that one too? Yeah. The Dragons, which you surmised was probably Dennis Dragon or related to Dennis Dragon. And the song is called Night Cruiser. Yeah. Is that the one I, you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, I like that one. And that was also parodied in, uh, Sean, have you ever seen that Yo Gabba Gabba? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christian Seeker? did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. And they use that song and everything. It's incredible. Dennis Dragon, uh, he, he's, he's actually in Skateboard Madness, that, that film again, doing music. He was in, I think it was a Surf Punks. Yeah. And then his brother, his brother was uh, the captain in Captain and Tennille. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Doug, Doug Dragon, <laughs> yeah. I think his name is. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a super no fun way. fact. Yeah. Really? That's insane. Wow. I think this is also the scene Lance runs up on that train car and does the the oh, board the slide yeah yeah super cool yeah i mean to, to, again i mean putting skating i, I think that was stessic as well i would assume it was stessic at least just putting skating against that traditional 
Americana, like especially the, the what, what trains represent, you know, and, and the fact that he's, he's, he's jumping the tracks, going and doing a trick there and then bouncing off seems again, it, it's kind of, it's kind of instructing you to go out and, and, and make the, make these sort of decisions or, or these searches on your own. Yeah. That's searching, showing searching you that there's spot. like, yeah, you can just kind of skate anything basically. Yeah. You know, like just, you, you know, you kind of develop skate brain as you get older and you, you start to like pick out spots and things that you see and it never goes away. I mean, even there was a few years where I didn't skate and, you know, it's like you look at something and you're like, oh, you could skate that, you know, like you'd see like a real nice red curb and you're like, oh, you could skate that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Once you're a skater, you, I don't, uh, a lot of my friends, you don't, you don't stop like looking at spots or searching yeah. for spots that yeah. something that never goes away. It's pretty crazy. So Lance ends up in a uh, Carl's Jr. parking lot and finds an issue of skateboarder magazine kind of discarded on the curb and that parking lot is right next to rip city you know which we haven't seen yet in the in the in was the it skate was it skateboarder magazine or was it thrash? yeah it's skateboarder so oh. i think they're kind of paying like a little throwback tribute but i think maybe the because you see the cover it says skateboarder but then he opens it up and it's just like that rodney mullen article and i think maybe the article is from thrasher but they show the the covers i don't know i'd have to that i know the cover is definitely uh skateboarder but i think it's neat lance kind of does maybe you maybe call it an early version of a no comply like he pops up the board and grabs it kind of like a lean like a bean plant kind of thing yeah because usually you know somebody would like bend down and grab it and he's kind of popping it up on that curb he makes it look so easy too, man. Yeah. So this is a cool transition into uh, Rodney Mullen's uh, first part, uh, skating in downtown LA, which is a pretty, another wild scene, kind of like Venice Beach, where you're just getting a look into this crazy world of a down, you know, a large city downtown area. This seems like the next subterranean level from Venice Beach. Like yeah. Venice still looked kind of like ah oh, touristy, and you know you get a bunch of freaks, but it seems very colorful. So then it seems like okay, we're going a couple couple stages below that where yeah. it's a lot more gritty or a lot more. I mean, having a dude come by on a couch like oh, it's the best. oh in the park, yeah. yeah, yeah, like getting in the way and trying to ask him to move out of the way. Like I mean, that <laughs> stuff's insane. The pigeon dude, the pigeon yeah, guy. bird guy is is crazy. But the downtown part, you know, we've kind of got the first, you know, skate harassment on film, I guess you yeah. could call it. The, you know, the cops show up and tell them to move along. And then you got those guys coming in front of the camera and flashing gang signs and stuff. I don't know. If you watch this video, I think there's, as a skater, you navigate. If you skate, you know, sort of fully, that then you've navigated a lot of these situations, if not all of them. Yeah, for you know, sure. I mean, you have you have trespassing, you have cops kicking you out, you have like hanging out in areas that probably aren't quote unquote the safest. Yeah, I don't even know. You know, I might not even be able to comment on what Rodney's even doing here because I'm too busy just looking at the environment, almost like all the all the people. You know, because then he ends up in the park and there's bird guy and there's the the people pushing the couch and it's just like, just bird bird man just blows me away <laughs> like how. I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah, you have I mean, to I wonder hope- like why he, they 
I mean, not why, but it's it's interesting how they framed those shots because it was almost like intentionally making Rodney sort of a secondary to all the stuff that's going on in the foreground, like the guys riding riding by on the couch and the bird guy and all that stuff. You're oh, I, I, just... I, I definitely would agree with that. I think it's and it's also putting skating in a place. It's it's never making skating look it makes skating seem authentic and authentic by that sort of you're doing this because you love it there's not a lot of rewards by it and you're around these you know you're not around a lot of sort of what we would consider the rewards of society there's not a lot of bling or some Mm -hmm. super you know attractive people who are into you or whatever it's Mm -hmm. always sort of this let's get right to that base level of of sort of connect and then you actually see people appreciating it which is which is which Mm -hmm. is awesome even if they don't understand it. Yeah. seems like, um, you know, f- like just busting out freestyle on anywhere back then. It was just like, you, you were just scared. Cause you know, I don't know if it would have the same effect now. Cause people are, I mean, I don't know, but it seems like back then to see something like that was really, really amazing and interesting. It's just not something you saw every day. So like even in the Rodney parts, it's like, everybody's just stopping what they're doing and they're looking and watching him and, taking notice of it yeah you had an appreciation because even if you didn't understand it you're like that is not easy like that person put a lot of effort into yeah getting to this level but you know you see like i don't know you don't see really freestyle anymore too much but I i don't know if like if andy anderson or somebody who can kind of ride like that now went out and those same spots you know i don't know if you get that same reaction i don't know if it's just a problem i don't i mean you go to the skate park now you just see the gnarliest skating and dudes don't even take out their earbuds earbuds. yeah Yeah, you know (laughs) i mean it's almost like half half you know no matter what 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 the level of skating your your expertise your skill set doesn't seem like it has that impact anymore because it's just sort of all mashed together and i think some people honestly don't even get the cultural thing it's almost more of just do this trick and there and when when you see it on this level i think people are being exposed to this whole new universe they had i bet a lot of those people watching him are like what was that what is he even doing like mm-hmm. what is that thing he's on is it is it it's not like the plastic one i saw 10 years ago but that's not the last we've seen of rodney in this video he's gonna pop back in a little later Lance continues on his journey. He kind of tosses the magazine aside and you get a little cameo shot of Stacy's Volvo in the background. You could see it. And then uh, Lance skates the LA County Superior Court building. And this is the, the building with those huge quarter pipe transitions. And seeing this, just like, like there's things like buildings like that exist. Like it couldn't be anymore. It's like, looks like it's made for skateboarding. Yeah. <clears throat> plus and there's no and there's nobody there yeah, yeah. yeah there is a scene it looks like he, i think lance does an invert and he kind of like right when he lands i think he can kind of hear something and he looks over like maybe there's a security guard or someone kicking him out must have been on a sunday maybe that there's like no but there's nobody around it's that same part he does like some really huge acid drops like off of a wall with those i think you could see him in the background yeah yeah Another same, couple same of just building massive drops it, it seems like a rad uh a rad way to also show lance's talent in the sense of he always looks like he's kind of just casually goofing around but he, when he finds a spot that isn't even perfect it's not a ramp made for that it's not a bowl made for that he just does some insane tricks that makes that he makes look sort of deceptively easy yeah i always wanted to skate that i've only driven by that i never 
never got out of the car, but the place is just visually very exciting to see. Then also in that part, he's kind of, I'm guessing maybe it's Beverly Hills. He's like cruising through the puddles and like carving on grass. And there's those huge houses in the background and palm trees. And this is just like another window in the into like California where I was just like, I need to get there as soon as possible. Well, and he makes, he makes this going down the sidewalk look exciting and fun like rolling on grass and through puddle i mean all these different different things he does instead of just a straight line down a sidewalk and then he ends up at uh rip city in santa monica skates in the door and kind of and this is you know and then it's, he, a, it's a you know it's a long skate oh i know every, every, just... everywhere he's gone i mean we're talking it's almost a marathon yeah he skated <laughs> from alhambra to venice beach like that would take you a week funny story about rip city so i've you know had seen this video a million times and when they show the outside you never see rip city it's kind of like cropped out of the picture and the only thing you see is on, on the street sign it says caltrans skate so i always thought this place was called caltrans skate shop or whatever and then uh on one of my first trips to california i was getting a ride back to the airport and we had some time to kill. So we, my buddy was just driving us around. He's like, oh, we're kind of near Rip City. We should go check it out. And I was like, oh, what's Rip City? He's like, you know, the, the shop that Lance skates to in video show. And I was just like, dude, that's called Caltrans, bro. Like, I don't know what this Rip City is. <laughs> For like 20 years, I thought this place was called Caltrans. But then when I was there, I had, I got out my board, the, the shop was closed because it was late at night and I like skated up to the door. I got a photo of me, like pretending I'm skating into the shop, yeah, the, had, had to pose it. Yeah. But this transitions into Tony Hawk at Del Mar and uh, it's kind of a, another section. There's a lot to uh, unpack here. So Tony at Del Mar, he's, uh, also in the session is Steve Stedham who looks like maybe he just got off a shift at Foot Locker. He's kind of got like that <laughs> referee shirt on that. That's all I could think of when I saw it. It looks like, you know, he's a shoe salesman at, at Foot Locker. But also you can see uh, Adrian Domain and Kevin Staub uh, kind of hanging out. The locals. On the deck. Yeah. Sean, you must have a lot to say about what we're seeing <laughs> seeing here, I would imagine. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I always think that that, that impacts me when you when you talk to when you talk to say tony about it or any of those guys even before the videos where i worked with stacy was sort of that process and it was very much like let's go shoot this weekend or let's go shoot tomorrow or whatever and you would just come in and it would be very open and you would do the tricks and from what i've what i understand from tony and stacy is you know tony He's, he's, he, he doesn't think this way, but he would just have these tricks and he'd almost have a list and like, okay, here's what I'll do. And it's just, you know, compared to anybody else, even at that time, it was just bam, 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 bam. You know, and he's doing tricks where you're like the mutt air, which he used to call like the finger flip air. Like these are tricks that are so far above anything else. And, and yeah, it's Stacy slow mows them, but it, it, it was almost just like a full clip um, fired of, of this, all these new tricks that are a little ahead of, of, of what most other people were doing at that time. But you know, that, that was probably, I don't know for sure what the thing, but I bet that would be one day, maybe one and a half days of filming. I'm guessing it's just like one session in probably. an afternoon. You yeah. know, I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, for, for for what 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 he rolls out at that time. I mean, it's hard to look back and know now, but when you look at like the rest of the videos, you look at the rest of the the contest footage there, and then you think about what Tony's doing at that time, just how gnarly a finger flip air. I I think I believe that was the first sort of air that that flipped the board at all. So yeah. and he does it. He doesn't do it two feet out. He does it. No, high. that's yeah. the thing about those. He he's doing those like that giant backside ollie it looks like it's like seven feet off the coping or something i mean that finger flip again backside you know it's like it's huge it's like and you and you look at tony in the ditch he's tiny. he looks like a scrawny he's, little he's like kid a, and then yeah it, yeah exactly. it almost looks like a different person in the yeah. bowl you're just like whoa where'd all this power and all this like yeah, yeah. confidence come from so gotta give uh steve stedham some props though for doing some massive Board slide that board, that board slide he does. I remember when the first time I saw that, that's what stuck out. Like, because you could also take that to street, but you were just like, whoa, like so powerful. Oh my God. I mean, his backside bonuses are amazing. Yeah. They're so extended. No, but it's crazy to think of Hawk not even, you know, probably through puberty yet skating like that, you know, like that powerfully. Not, not, I th- I think, not the yeah. six foot tall, whatever, you know, six foot three, you know, guy he turned into, but like this scrawny little kid just pushing it. And he looked, he looked younger, like till he kind of shot up. Like yeah. when he went to high school, he looked almost like an 11 year old or a 12 year old, he said. So it's, uh, but also I think that section uses the best reaction shots of the whole video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the guy's like, you kind of have, yeah, and random really. <laughs> not what you it's like like different generation different part of a of of sort of americana looking at skateboarding and being impressed like if you look at it you're kind of like that looks like a 1950s like secretary or that looks like a guy who's retired or what you know it's not like the the the, the sort of energetic venice beach crowd it's not like what you get at lance's ramp jump it's it's sort of this whoa like like there's a generational shift in what we think is cool now yeah, you've got a huge variety of people there. You know, you've got kids, you've got parents, you've got older people. And there's even the one clip that actually has uh, audio to it where the guy's like, I would never try this. Yeah. And I mean, really, Del Mar was situated across from this historic racetrack that was, uh, I can't remember who it was, Bing Crosby, I, Cros- I think it's, you know, a lot, a lot of these sort of older stars of the of, of the 40s and 50s where we're into, into into horse racing so it was it, it's sort of like that would have been the landmark in san diego at that time and directly across the street through a field would have been del mar you know sort of this 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 contrast of culture right there wow was del mar still open when you moved down there or was it nah, already closed? i moved in i moved in with tony and he'd already he had his rant in fallbrook he he had that but you know tony never talks uh it, it was sort of time to move on when, when, when you talk to Tony. I mean, Tony's not the most sentimental person in the sense of like, I got to hold on to this. Cause uh, you know, he was like, there was one, you know, that one wall there that was really good, but people were skating and improving ramps by that time. So he never really seems like, Oh, I wish Del Mar had stayed open for another 10 years sort of thing. He was like, Oh, we got to skate way better things because of what we were building. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned that one wall. It does seem like everything happens you know in this part almost is on that left wall even in the in the contest footage you know, always all yeah. yeah i would think except mcgill who did the mctwist on the on the right wall 
but yeah the, and, and the majority of it is in that little five foot section on that left wall yeah i mean his soy would boost on both walls but his soy could probably boost off a curb cut so yeah. um but it does seem like that wall that tony favors and then the one mike did the five on are were the two places to hit if you almost one was like a setup even though mike did the five on that mm-hmm. another interesting thing about that finger flip air it's not done like after a setup air he kind of like he does this weird rollout where he doesn't really he just kind of you know rolls out and then just turns around rolls in and then does the finger flip it's like seems like a really weird way to set that trick up just auto load yeah yeah and tony usually you know in my experience sets up actually i i just saw him and you know he was talking about how he broke his femur and it was because he was with bucky and Bucky was messing around with fives and Tony always sets up for a five and he dropped right into a five and it just kind of got weird and he tried to squat out. And that's sort of might've been why, how he, how he broke his femur. Um, he doesn't know exactly. Uh, but it's funny because Tony really has very, very precise ways of setting up for the right amount of speed for tricks. Yeah. So like you say for that one, like, Oh, here's my big trick of the video. I'll just, oops, I kind of messed up this axle stall. I'll just roll in and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But also there was a lot of pressure in a very positive way of shooting with Stacy. You weren't like, hey, Stacy, sit there and I'll try this for 45 minutes and see if I get one. It was like, it was almost like in the sense of you don't want to waste his time. You don't want to, he's here, you know, he, he's sort of the, this mentor, he's this person and, and you you want to make sure you are prepared almost. It, 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 audition is not the right word but you would go into it almost like i want to make sure i have this trick you know as dialed as i do and as high or as or as as well whatever the circumstances were to to sort of make it the best you could you would practice it till you have it there it was not like it's this sort of willy-nilly like hey i've been trying to learn this trick let me see if i can get it on film there was none of that yeah it's like oh my boss is coming down here next weekend i better you know the filmy i better have my act together yeah, and also everybody wanted, you wanted Stacy's approval. You wanted, he meant so much to, to everybody that you wanted him, his sort of Stacy giggle when he did a trick. You wanted that sort of, whoa, you know? And, and Stacy would help you out. If you were stuck in something, he would come over and say something. Or it was never like this, this hardcore pressure you heard from some other TMs or, or owners. Um, so I, I would imagine Tony at that point was like, all right, here's my list, like, I got, I got some stuff, <laughs> set up the camera, boom, 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 you know, and he, he probably would have had it all in, in, in a few attempts. Yeah. I think I've also read, you know, Stacy mentioning after this, you know, filming this part or the session that he knew Tony was going to, you know, to me, Hawk was already Hawk at this point, you know, but Stacy kind of knew like, this guy's going to be number one. He's going to be the best in the world he's this is like what i've seen here today is like a huge leap for him well and you think of how what tony's age was how his body is maturing and then like we were just talking about the difference between somebody you know skating a ditch and not 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 coming off as the most powerful type of skater say compared to cab like cab on that ditch has power even though it's a little kind of dorky ditch everyone's goofing around in and then seeing tony skate vert and just get more and more confident and more you know i mean he he pioneered 
the late grab air, I guess you'd call it, where you ollie into your air. Everyone else used to sort of grab right at cope, you know, either early grab or right at. And since he didn't have the weight to do that, he was like, the only way I'm going to get high is if I pop, like throw myself up in an ollie and then grab. And people, you know, he was called in print like a cheater by one of his peers. Like people were like, you don't do that. And then it got to the point, I think he learned and developed such a new way of skating. You were like, this is the future. And I think it's at this point that you start to see that where, you know, people used to call it circus tricks. People used to go, that's not real skating. It's not a maneuver. It's a, you're flipping your board like a somebody in a circus and it's cheap. And then it got to the point where like everyone was kind of getting left behind and it was like, oh, this is if you do this correctly, this is the future of skating. You can have power and technical aspects, but he's bringing that to that to specifically to, to that session, especially with the finger flip air. Yeah. It's a, it's a crazy part it, it, in a way. It's kind of like, like kind of like we said with Lance, you know, Lance arriving into the world, this is kind of like, you know, Tony on these VHS tapes getting, you know, distributed out to the world, you know, everyone, gets to see what's to come well and 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 stacy he's talked to me about that about he talked to probably a million people about it where you know there, there there was a little bit of gatekeeping with the establishment of of the companies that either hung over or or magazines or whatever of what skating was and you, you understand it because they're trying to build it there's nobody else there's there's no non-endemic people involved in skating so they're like how do we keep this alive we're going to start magazines we're going to have contests and i think there was a bit of gatekeeping of this is what real skateboarding is and at this point we don't think it's this type of tricks that tony's doing or this type of skating that that we, we think it should be gnarly and whatever they thought it was you know and stacy was like i i don't have control over the magazines tony's not at that point right now where he's winning in in all these different terrains but if I show on video, you can't deny that. Like there's no sort of filter there that I have to get through. So he, he consciously was like, I have to build Tony up to this point. And, and video is one of the ways I can do that. Cause he wasn't universally accepted at the very beginning. He was scary. I mean, if you have a, all these new, these established people, and then all of a sudden there's a fear like, Hey, you could lose, you could lose your livelihood. You could lose your status because <laughs> there's this guy coming up with this whole new way of doing it people reacted whether consciously or unconsciously aggressively like you know sort of don't take what's mine like i have it here and stacy had to work against that and this is one of the ways he did that amazing so after tony at del mar uh lance is skating through hollywood the sun's starting to go down and i think there's a really cool scene here he's skating the curb at the gas station so it's another peek into some early street skating board slides slappies He's kind of coming at the curb, like, you know, it's like the coping, you know, doing like hand plant inverts and bonelesses and stuff. I think it's like a really cool part. And for some reason, I think it's a gas station on Melrose that I kind of recognize from just driving by it a hundred times. Well, also, I mean, to me, it was like, everything's closed. Like the town has gone to sleep. Yeah. And again, it's like, oh, this is when you go skate. Like, like he skates by all these sort of, you know, there's like a vinyl fetish store. I always remember that, that neon sticking out and, yeah. and you can totally tell it's sort of this murky, dark, nobody's, nobody's on the street, but that's how you go skate then. Okay. If there's something you want to skate, wait till everything closes down and then go hit it when everyone else is sort of done for the day. Plus 
amazing song during that part like one of the best songs ever in a skate video in my mind oh mystery, mystery. by the nudes so good then and it is kind of a mystery because i've never been able a lot of people probably credit it to dennis dragon but i guess he's den- he's denied that that was him so it's just like some weird yeah weird song in a Powell video that no one can never find any more information about it but then this part kind of ends up with Lance skating. You know, you, he arrives home and skates into his front door and it's good night, Mr. Mountain. He arrives home, I think it's 1130, it says. And that kind of wraps up his storyline of interweaving all these scenes. After that, we've got the downhill slide. <laughs> that starts off with that weird sound effect. Some kind of weird birds, animal noise. Birds calling yeah. or something, yeah. And this is uh, Stacy Peralta, Todd Hastings, and Chris Iverson uh, skating downhill, which I tried to find a little bit of information on this type of skating because I, I think I've only kind of seen this in Powell videos where they're sliding on the gloves. For, it's credited to a guy named uh, Cliff Coleman, who's from San Francisco. So it would kind of make sense. San Francisco has all the hills. But I never saw this in, in any any other videos. Do you have any, Sean, where did this this come from? Was this uh, something well, I they, mean, would, I mean, they would do this often? I, I, I mean, Todd Hastings was a TM for Powell mm-hmm. forever. I mean, I think pretty much till, you know, the 90s. Chris Iverson is the guy you would always talk to if you were getting a new deck or designing something. So he they'd been there. I he think was- they... When Powell was small, he just did whatever whatever happened. But Chris is still there. Like I think yeah. last time I went went to there, he was. Um, it's it's awesome just to see that sort of consistency. Um, and I think I would imagine I I think someone told me they were like urethane gloves, and you'd make these pads, which would make sense of George. And I think Chris, I could I, I could totally be wrong on this. Like 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 they made they developed those sort of gloves themselves, so they almost had uh flat sections of urethane that they would use on the wheel you know which which george had designed to sort of slide and not chunk out and probably the best thing you could do for that and then they made those and then they went because the stacy's big thing was he wanted to show all different types of skating he didn't want it to just be go do vert because you fly in the air or go do freestyle because you can do it at venice beach or whatever so he was like we need to represent everything and i think that's why this sort of got that prominence and i mean to me like the sound effects at the beginning are like oh this is like almost dawn patrol like you wake up early and you go up before all the cars are on the road and yeah, you go to totally. this this really deserted area which i still don't know how you would i mean especially in california now you wouldn't you'd get killed about 10 times before you got down the hill but they managed to find this this kind of deserty road that the, that, that they can slide on for it seems like most of most of the uh, morning yeah, I remember I would always see it was always kind of confusing to me. I would see photos of like these kind of like hill road, like brand new roads, I guess, you know, that probably leading up to a new neighborhood that hadn't been built yet. So these, these well, Acosta yeah. near me now, that was famous for that. And I always heard there was something to do with some sort of like shady deal. And they, I don't know if it was organized crime or whatever, what was somehow connected to the contracts. So they made all of these like insane roads with no houses around, <laughs> like, which makes no wow. sense. Like you're saying. So that was where, you know, from the seventies on, if you look at downhill, people would, would come from California. People would come from LA to skate these Hills. Cause you're skating these 
beautifully smooth hills with no cars or any reason to be there. So, but that, I don't think this is La Costa. This looks older and, uh, but I could be wrong. I think the, the plastic on the gloves might've been from rails, like the, I guess oh, was it rails? rails, I think. Yeah. Cause I, I, uh, maybe that makes better sense. Yeah. I don't know. One time was... I was... Oh, you know what? That sounds more right. I take back what I said. I lied. Yeah. I always thought it would be like tailbone material. You know, the stuff that like the tailbone, like tail skids were made of. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah. Just like big, you know what? That makes way more sense. Yeah. I tried one of those on one time I was at Lance's house and he was showing me some of his, you know, Oh wait, why are you asking? So you, you, you got the down low. (laughs) (laughs) Just having a conversation. I can't remember, but I I was like freaking out. Like I have one of these gloves from video show on my hand right now. Wow. That's crazy, man. You know, I got to tell you guys, I tried when I was, when I was young, because I lived at the bottom of the hill and I tried to do that on my hill with like garden gloves <laughs> and uh because i could do you know i could do like vert you know like slides and you know what i mean like power slides the hands down power slides and i'm like i'll just go down the hill and i'll just do a few of those and spin around and it just ate, i mean it just ate through my goal you know i was i lived on it wasn't even asphalt it was concrete and so it just tore through <laughs> my garden gloves and i ended up in a heap of you know on the side of the road gloves Blood, ripped off bloody, blood, hands. bloody hands that was a learning experience but i i owe it to that i owe it to this video my attempt i don't know what why i thought that it would end any differently but chalk it up to being 12 that part it's before i guess there was really follow cam kind of thing you can tell they're maybe like filming someone's hanging out of the back of you know stacy's volvo probably or something with the camera low to the ground to get those cool cool shots well, I know Stesic too. I can't remember if it was the first one or the or Future Primitive, but he was a big proponent of you've got to move the camera because if you think of how massive those cameras were, you had it was like shoulder mounted, then you had all these cables going into like a massive battery pack. Like the battery pack would be like the size of a gas container, sort of. So you, it, it was very cumbersome. It was very expensive. You didn't want to break it and. You know, obviously with skating, you could move, but I know there's, I, I've seen pictures where uh, <laughs> they were like pushing each other in shopping carts and things like that. But Stesic, Stacy specifically told me once that Stesic was like, you've got to have that point of view of movement. It can't just be kind of like how Hollywood would shoot stuff, you know, something driving by super fast or something like that. Yeah. So after the downhill slide, we've got the mountain manor vert part which is the first part that was filmed for this video. It starts out with uh, Lance and Cab and McGill walking down, down the steps, padding up for a session. First of many times to see Lance's ramp, you know, in, in videos to come. Kind of That's the first true, glimpse, yep. First glimpse of the uh, that famous ramp. I feel like that was in, I guess it wasn't in Chin, but it was in pretty much everything from there on to maybe propaganda. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. This 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 is a just an amazing, amazing part. You got, you know, Caballero doing some giant seven foot backside air. Um, again, tons of just amazing reaction shots. The reaction scenes. The <laughs> I cab love the spitting his, Yeah, uh, I was gonna say the cab spit take is, yeah. is my favorite one. 
I also noticed this always freaked me out. The right, if you're looking at the ramp, you know, the houses in the background, the right wall has this huge kink in it that I don't know how they're riding over it. It looks like your wheels would just get locked into there. And it's so scary looking. I remember watching this and seeing like um, all the variations that they were doing over the transition. I mean, over the, uh, sorry, over the uh, channel. Mm-hmm. the invert you know like coming up from one side invert on the other side of the channel kind of that kind of stuff i was blown away as a kid like the fact that you could like cross the transition and come up and you know i just hadn't seen that before so that that stands out to me still lance does a freaking amazing one i think i think this this part shows how good lance you know you hadn't really seen how good he was up until this point really i mean you saw him skate the pool and everything but like He's holding his own easy with Cabin McGill in this part, you know. For sure. Um, one of the weird things, there's like a gardener here, like doing some yard work, and he says something. It's another thing that I can't make out what he says. He says, he says something like, those guys boarding over there? Oh, wow, that's weird. Something. I could never, never make it out. Matter. And then, of course, the girls show up, and I was always, is that... I was thinking like, is that like an old like surf movie movie trope or something like, you know, babes on the beach watching guys like hang 10 or whatever. It just happened to wander into Lance Mom's backyard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sean, any thoughts on this part? Uh, I just remember at the end being horrified when Stevie kicks his board off. I'm like, that's going to like go through someone's roof or something. <laughs> yeah. Into a neighbor's it yard. It just looks like it just shoot, it clearly shoots over the yard. <laughs> it's like, ah. I mean, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, the girl, I mean, I, I think the girl thing was just different people for reactions, but it, it, uh, it's strange to think now. Cause I think like, like the, the girl skate scene is like the most exciting thing happening right now. It's sort of, sort of go, oh yeah, they're just there like cheering along. Like, why aren't they? Yeah. Why aren't they skating? Yeah. It, it's a, uh... but you know, I, I, I just, I just think, uh, they needed all those reactions and that was, let's throw these people in and let's throw because you don't you don't get a lot you, you it's pretty hard to get you get all these great reactions at the del mar section because it makes sense kind of i mean you still think why are there all these old people at del mar um and, you know and i'm sure they were just trying to get that that same flavor for uh lance's but lance rips of that i mean he he i mean i mean he does these sort of airs where you, you can just tell like whoa there was, there was a part of skating back then where it was like, especially in a contest, you got points for pushing yourself. So if you did an eight foot air instead of a six foot one and your foot was flapping off and you came down, people were just like, Wah! and it was, it was almost like a whole other trick, you know, just hanging on that, that, that sort of excitement. It wasn't, everything wasn't super, super clean. It was sort of like, you know, they always be like aggro or you got bionic or whatever you want to, whatever. But, and I remember just thinking of Lance, like, whoa, it's rad because he does stuff where it looks like he's really pushing himself beyond that sort of 100% control. And, and I, that, that's why to me, uh, right when I saw this video, I was like, oh, I want to skate like that, dude. For sure. I'm almost- you can tell he has that ramp that ramp pretty wired. I mean, you could tell that's his, <laughs> his stomping grounds. He told me once, yeah, the secret to skating is build a crappy ramp and then you can ride everything else. So. <laughs> Watching it, I almost expect to see McGill do a McTwist, but that's a little bit before. I mean, this video came out in 84, so I'm I'm going to guess maybe in the, it came out in the spring of 84, and then that summer he went to 
the Sweden summer camp and did the McTwist. Well, I, yeah, and I think Stacy said he shot it in '83. So, because um, I know it premiered at Tony's parents' house, they just put the VCR, they just put the tape in and watched it in the living room. Yeah, I had a bunch of people over, um, but I can't I was, remember what contest that was. I was always hoping a photo would a, would surface someday of that Tony's living room of everyone watching that video. I know Stacy said, um, like, well, I was interviewing him for something, and he talked about how sort of appropriate it was because that's where you were supposed to watch those videos. It wasn't supposed to be this big glamorous thing. It was supposed to be something you take inside your house, you know, everywhere, regardless of what kind of house you lived in. And that's how you sort of ingested this material. So that, that is the perfect premiere then Tony's living room. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of rad to think like, okay, Del Mar contest, you got all sort of best skaters, hopefully, you know, in my head at least you know crammed around mr and mrs hawks you know i don't know what they were living in then at a condo or whatever it was it probably wasn't massive you know and just all that energy and all that imagine seeing this for the first time like you, you would walk in going somebody's got a video you'd probably be like what like you would probably never even seen an edited skate video before at that point so so after the mountain manor scene we've got the amazing mr mullen at del mar in the del mar uh, freestyle area and I can almost focus on Rodney a little better on this during this section than, you know, the previous one, because there's all that, you know, street action. A couple of big takeaways for, for, for me is uh, we've now seen the first kickflip, mm-hmm. uh, flatland Ollie over a board. And then he does that. I, I think, I think they called it the magic flip back then to wow. be a full skate nice. nerd. <laughs> I think yeah, that's, that's what right. I think that's, and then it was the Ollie kickflip. Yeah, because I guess the, the kickflip, kick you would just kind of like, yeah, flick your toe yeah. under the board. You hook, and, you hook yeah. your toe under, yeah. And then he also does that helipop over the board. You know, I guess sick. you would, kids would probably call it like a 360 nollie mm-hmm. today or something. So kind of seeing the germs of like modern street skating here in 1983, I guess it is. Yeah, the helipop's insane, even now. Just to, on that board... I mean, it's, it's, and you're popping over a, <laughs> inches matter. That's a, you know, you're popping over a 10 inch board. Uh, I'm assuming unless it was a yeah, but it's you know, a, it's like, a like, like, yeah, yeah. You, you know, I mean, that's a, I mean, when you think of people aren't even really not all in like, to, but that's right. So Rodney though, like I'll do a kickflip. Oh, like he did, he's told me once, like, I don't even consider a heel flip, like a new trick. It's like, ah, it's kind of just a variation of a kickflip. <laughs> like he's so, uh, yeah. So he probably learned an ollie and probably like 180, then hella pop, like off the nose, nollie. Like he, th- that's the way his brain thinks from, from, you know, my time around him is you do one and it just explodes into all these other variations. And he doesn't really see them as sort of the impediment. Cause he's like, okay, I've learned this. I've done the hard work of learning the central trick. These are just little variations. And then it's just, it, 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 it's, it's like a furious thing. So I know when I saw this, I couldn't even comprehend what the hell a pop was. I mean, I was like, that's gnarly, but you're like, I, I can't even ollie up a curb. Like to, to move 360 is crazy. Yeah. I can't even comprehend a lot of the stuff. I mean, still think at all the, the tricks and, and the videos we've seen since, you know, it's still all uncomprehendable, you know, like, even tracing it back to some of the, the earliest footage of him, it's still just mind blowing, you know, whereas I mean, if you watched a vert section now, you know, 
compared then to now like oh it's just a backside air you know in 1983 but now it's just like rodney in 1983 is still complete insanity yeah i watched that part you know two hours ago and i was i couldn't i still couldn't comprehend it it's not you know (laughs) none of it makes sense even now i don't know what any of the tricks are called i just know that they're She's completely nuts. He does almost I like mean, a early version of like a late, like a late flip, where he kind of pull, you know, he kicks it one way and then he kicks it the other, like as it spins. I think I'd never really noticed that before, but it's like, man, he's just so far ahead of his time. It's crazy. Yeah, I guess that, that isolation and sort of his his unique sense to push himself the way he did by himself, which is I think pretty unique in skating. It's such a social thing. But uh mm-hmm. and I know he and Tony were super close back then. Like he would stay at Tony's house when they had Del Mar contests and and he had a pretty I mean, obviously uh he grew up in, 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 in a really rough environment, like not a lot of parental support and different levels of abuse. And like I know he would come to Tony's, he'd say, and uh record K Rock on cassettes so when he'd go back he could play it and kind of pretend like getting that i'm in california you know because you know for him it was like a fantasy too you go to california and you have you're staying with say tony during a contest and you have mr and mrs hawk who are super supportive of skating and their son and they're so just inviting of everyone's differences and then you go home to even though you're the best in the world and you're doing all these tricks at home you're just wasting your talent like there, there, there's not even like no verification, no, no, no sort of validation. There's, there, there's almost a constant sort of chipping away at your confidence of why are you, you know, you can do something great and you're riding a piece of wood with a toy with wheels. And then he'd come out here at Stacy and Stacy would be like, holy crap and giggling yeah. away and stuff. So, so after Rodney, we've got some contest footage. Uh, first up is, uh, Mike McGill and Caballero at the Del Mar Spring Nationals. Um, and I think it's kind of interesting to show this. It's kind of a cool, I guess, contrast to some of the more, you know, the edited vert sections where you're kind of seeing like just a full contest run. So you're kind of getting an idea of, I guess, you know, the lines they're putting together and the consistency and, the, you know, the, the hard tricks they're doing back to back kind of thing. So it's it's a good uh, contrast from some of the other video parts here. Yeah, I think it shows a different aspect of skating, like contests. You've got to skate differently. You've got to, you've got the crowd, which is, I always thought the crowds were pretty amazing, not living in California, just like what people looked like and who supported skating at that point. Yeah, I think there's a, they keep cutting away to, I think it's Kevin Staub and Eddie Redigy in the stands. They cut away to those guys a couple of times. Yeah, Radig- Radigy's out. I mean, Radigy is famous for uh, the thrashing movie. If you look at him in the background, mugging oh, it up. Like, he, yeah, he's got to, he's, he, maybe he's just the reaction go-to guy in skating. I tried to find a date for this contest. I looked it up. I found it in Thrasher magazine. It was, it was in a nine, you know, an 83 issue, but I couldn't find like a month or a day type thing. For the which, Del Mar one? Yeah, which I could find for, uh, the next guy is uh, Lance at the Upland Turkey Shoot at the Pipeline Skate Park. And that was uh, November 25th and 26th, 1983. I was able to find that date. And Lance won this contest. Yeah, yes, he did. Which is super awesome. Which I thought was great because like 
Sean, you mentioned before when he first got on Powell, it was kind of like to just help behind the scenes and wasn't to be like a pro or have a pro model or whatever. So he gets on the team and he just shreds everyone the bits, you know, probably maybe his first contest riding for Powell, like I'll show these fools, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but you've also got to think like turning pro, I mean, maybe they're, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't want to put a number, like maybe 30 pros. I mean, there aren't a lot of pros. So to turn pro was, there, there were amateurs that were killing the amateur circuit and they still weren't going to be pro. Like there was such a gap in that level. And I think you also had to go like, okay, how long are these people, you know, how long is this career going to last? You look at careers. I mean, they were a couple of years average so it, it you know even if you're pal peralta you're thinking like okay like when i look at a rider what point is he at in his career where's it going to go you know and you're, you're kind of using that existing template of, of of you know if you look at stacy his career wasn't even that long and he was you know world champion so you 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 if you look at that you might be going like and, and i'm just guessing this you might go okay lance is halfway through his career or at the end of it like we need to you know maybe Maybe it make, makes more sense to, you know, promote these other guys who have, might have more longevity or whatever they were thinking. Um, and, and it never seems like anyone was sort of, you know, bitter or hurt feelings. It seems like everyone knew what that was. And when Lance stepped it up, they were all stoked and they were like, shit. And then when that response from the fan base came in, they were like, okay, this is a home run all the way around. And then I think they tried to <laughs> give Lance a bunch of different graphics and you know, it didn't work out. So Lance is the best. Oh, he rules. Yeah. So after the contest footage, we've got the Broken Bones Brigade. And, you know, this is the first slam section ever. It's another one of those kind of classic skate video parts that most skate videos had in the 80s. And I guess probably even into the 90s was the slam section. And this uh, tied in with some uh, some funny sound effects, you know, to help elevate it. And whenever my dad was in the room, he loved the slam section. Everyone, I would say everyone still loves slam sections. Yeah. Like, yeah, like that's mostly what skate videos are right now. It's like, you you know, a video will start off with like a dude slamming on a trick 15 times. before. He gets except it. Stacy's slams were never they were like, brutal. yeah, you look at it now and you're like, especially as you get older, you're like, oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, like, I think it feels like there's a, there's a, there's a different level of, and I remember the eight street slams were the first ones I saw where I was like, Whoa, those are gnarly. Like that person's yeah. unconscious or that person, you know, where this looked like you're going to fall, but obviously, like you said, the music is, is making it a little more lighthearted and a little more there, there, nobody's hang, no one's doing the Chris Miller hang up at Upland around the corner slams yeah. in this yeah. section. Getting and also out. Yeah, Stacy told me that in the late 70s, they were always trying to legitimize skateboarding. So he was on GNS and they would travel around the world and sort of become this ambassador. And a lot of it was, it's going to be legitimate. It's going to be a real sport. You're trying to convince all these people and you're trying to convince the adults in the room or the adults in the world, the people in charge. And then he said, you know, in the 80s, they were like, no, 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 this is a backyard sort of underground sport. We don't need the Olympics. We don't need this stuff. So when you look at this video, it's interesting to think of like they're talking directly to skaters, not even to the parents who are going to be buying the skateboards for a lot of the kids. They're talking directly. That, that communication line is straight to the skaters and the participants. It's not trying to say this is going to be super safe. This is a positive thing for your kid. I mean, if you watch that video, 
there's a lot of things in there that someone might be going, wait, you're hopping fences, you're, you're doing this stuff, you're, you you know, but, but if you look at that, that shift from the, the, the previous generation of skating, it makes a lot of sense, but it also is so important. I think that Stacy was the first out of the gate with this video because he sort of set that template of, of, of here's how you talk to people through this medium. That's a really interesting way of looking at it. I, I mean, I'd never really thought of it like that, you know, but you're right. You know, you're totally right. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, this was my, this was a lot of people's probably introduction to, you know, you got the faction, you got youth brigade, you got punk, you got sort of getting busted, like you said, getting busted by the cops, just sort of sketchy neighborhoods and bums and jumping fences and, <laughs> you know, broken TVs. Yeah. Broken I mean, you get TVs. this whole, yeah. I mean, if you really, if you really break down the symbolism of the TV breaking, it's like this thing everyone looks at <laughs> this passive way and this really aggressive things coming out of it, yeah. which is what that, what they want the video to do to you. You know, they want you to be sitting there and basically have your mind, mind shattered and, and, and sort of have this whole new way of thinking coming at you. And then you go to future primitive, that TV thing again is it's, 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 it come the beginning of the video is the TV going off, off air. So it's this sort of guerrilla network coming on, you know, there's all these different, it's definitely Stesic and Stacy motifs that stack up, which is all about sort of embracing that rejection of, of the traditional. So after slam section, we've got cab Lance and McGill uh, doing a little bit of goofing around and street skating in the streets. And it kind of looks like uh, probably Lance's neighborhood, which we also see in future primitive and uh, the beginning of propaganda where he's kind of like chasing his board through the streets. And then that kind of transitions into like some outtakes and, you know, the ending credits and stuff, lots of little fun clips in this part. That's my favorite part of the video. That's so like super dirty, weedy curb session. Cause you're like, that's, that's what you, you mean. That, that, that to me is the essence of skating right there. Mm-hmm. There was one part that always looked like, uh, you know, it shows Tony uh, freestyling at Del Mar for a section and the camera kind of comes up on him. It looks like he says F you to the camera. I don't know if you remember that. I, part. I can't imagine him saying that. Yeah. I don't, I, I doubt he would say I can ask him. Actually, Tony probably wouldn't even remember. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't imagine him. I mean, people weren't kind of doing that at that point. You know, I mean, it wasn't like, yeah, let's flip off the camera. Let's do. And they, and he's obviously not aggressively saying like, but they did have a lot of, you know, any subculture, a lot of little phrases they would, they, they would say at certain, certain times. And uh, I'm always imagining just being something like some quirky little thing. Like, like, like there's a thing in some of the videos where they'll skate like in future primitive where, Tony and Grosso are skating the Sacto pool and they kind of do that thing with their arms. And I was always like, what is that? And they're like, Oh, Eric Nash skated like that. We were just goofing around on, on like how we would, you know? So when you hear those, I, I just assumed it was almost something like that. Like some little catchphrase that, 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 that Tony said into the camera. Cause Tony did free freestyle a little bit. So yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, he's got like a pretty legit little trick. I was like, I was, I don't, I don't, is there any other footage of Tony skating freestyle? Oh yeah. Yeah. He entered a contest. I think, I mean, really? not like, like serious, but not it's when he was just starting out. Yeah. Not, but I, I think that's the, like this video, you just kind of did everything you, yeah. you know, why wouldn't you, even if you weren't super into freestyle, obviously he got super sparked by Rodney 
skating. So he goes and does a finger flip air. I mean, that's directly coming from Bert and, and Rodney and Tony talk about feeding off each other all the time. Um, taking, you know, some either, you know, a specific trick or a specific technique and trying to move it into their sort of dimensions, you know, Rodney's was flat and, and Tony's was curved. So it kind of concludes uh, with the closing credits. I thought maybe I'd just highlight some of them produced by George Powell, directed and edited by Stacy Peralta, art direction. I think, by... I, I think he edited it in his kitchen too. He told me. Oh, wow. Cause I mean, I mean to direct the movies gnarly to be editing it. That's, that's gnarly yeah editing is editing is hard and so to take all that unexpectedly is is pretty impressive art direction by john Smythe, which is a craig stesic pseudonym or pen name i guess you would call that and then filmed by stacy peralta craig stesic d david morin dan donnelly don hoffman who did uh skate visions and uh his parents were the owners of the pipeline skate park and then uh pat darren film some of it i think i think that was probably i would imagine the footage from the contest i think those were unreal productions or whatever oh yeah that makes sense that makes sense and then one other credit i thought was interesting was editorial assistant is paul gross who i recognize as being uh the guy that wrote or credited for writing the screenplay for the search for animal chin so he's got a little bit of a credit here as editorial assistant the last credit is uh, this video is dedicated to the skateboarders of the world. I think that's a pretty cool way to, to close it out. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, it worked for sure. So that concludes the video. Sean, can you hang out for a few more minutes? Or do you got you got yes. a run or anything? Okay. Uh, I can hang out a couple. Yeah, we talked for like twice as long as the video. Thanks for watching. Well, we just had some uh, a couple emails we were going to read from some feedback. If you got to take off, that's, no, that's, that's fine. fine. Yeah, I, I okay. hang out for like another 10. Okay, Matt, you got those? I got them, yeah. Okay. Let so, um, unfortunately, Larry, the first email that we got is uh, calling you out. <laughs> says, hi, guy. This is from Rich. Rich from Seattle. <clears throat> and he said, um, digging the podcast so far, but how am I supposed to trust your knowledge or insight of these videos when you can't even get the song title correct to the Ultravox song? in skateboarding in the eighties, poor research on your part. (laughs) And I have to tell you that um, also my friend, Andy said the same thing. He texted me, he's like, I I noticed that blooper when I was editing that episode that I said the name of the the album title instead of the song title. Yeah. But I was like, oh, what can I do? Ah, just let it rip. No one's gonna know. And the first email we got some pissed off Ultravox fan. Well, we got to make sure that any <clears throat> any further Ultravox references are screened a little more yeah, closely sure. next time. And then we got one uh, some, from a guy named Mark. He says, Larry and Matt skateboarding in the 80s. What the heck is this? I never knew or heard about this video before. I immediately went to YouTube after listening to the episode and watched it. What a cool and rare video in the Powell catalog. I can't believe or if you guys are reviewing rare videos like this, then I can't wait to see what else you dig up keep up the great work and i look forward to future episodes so nicer nicer what, tone on that what one was his, what was that guy's name it was mark g mark g is that mark gonzalez <laughs> yes yes it's mark gonzalez definitely. thank you mark for those emails and what was the first guy's name rich rich so 
I appreciate you guys writing in. Uh, if anyone else has, has any feedback about this episode, we will read it at the end of the next episode. So the easiest way to do that is go to our website at thebonesbrigadeaudioshow.com and you can go to our contact page and uh, drop us a line right there. There it is. And uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook as well. And uh, Sean, is there anything that you're working on that you can tease here or anything? I don't even know if I'm going to do it, but I was talking to my agent about a book on kind of the way skate culture, like people who grew up skating learned a way to sort of approach life or operate and how they've taken that into other aspects to kind of give like an alternative to like, go to school, go do it this way. If you don't do it this way, your life's going to suck, you know, because there's a lot of skaters who, you know, whether it's Spike or Tony or whatever, who've been who've learned things from sort of like being in that skate culture and then taking that to other aspects of their life and been successful. So that's a cool idea. I would read that. Yeah. It'd be be like a whole, a whole variety of people almost just straighten their words, you know, whether it's like Shepard and what he did with art or I don't know. I mean, I just, I I had just had breakfast with Tony. We were talking about uh, like Tyler, the creator. You're like, Whoa, like he's so much of what he's done seems so creative and and so much sort of in his his own accomplishments almost seem like like what you could go like what like what Stacy did with Pal Peralta or all these different different things of just sort of having that confidence to go for I mean even just this Stacy not wanting to be a director becoming a director and now he's you know won awards on all these different things and does all these documentary films and that's something to be rad to expose a lot of people to like just go find your own nerdy thing to get into and you know, trust yourself and get out there and take some risks. So that's awesome. I hope you end up doing that. That that'll be, that'll be a rad one, but I want to thank you so much for your time and coming on. I know um, it was kind of a last minute thing. So I really appreciate you taking the time to do this and you kind of blew my mind with a lot of information. Even the wrong information, like (laughs) what you put on, what you put on your gloves. I know if rich is out there, I stand corrected, Rich. It was uh, it was rail stuff, not urethane. All right, wow, that was some amazing stuff from Sean. He 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 brought his A game, and I think our future guests have their work cut out for him now. After after that, yeah, I feel like we might might have uh, been better off to save that one for later. Yeah, we peaked early, maybe. <laughs> But uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. I did uh, have a thought. I think I'll put some extra fun songs at the end of this episode. So after we sign off, um, be sure to keep listening. But uh, until then, I'm Matt. And I'm Larry, reminding you to never stop searching for Chin.